Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. infection and um, I went to the, the hospital and had it all looked at um, only yesterday um, and whilst the antibiotics had done their job majority wise um, they weren't overly um, it wasn't fully successful so I've actually been put on uh, I've got more antibiotics to take for another week and um, I've got a I've got a negative pressure bandage which is um, basically a vacuum bandage so it's got a little i got a little vacuum pump in my pocket and i've got to wear it 24 7 and and everything so that's that's another week of fun and i go back to the hospital next week and hopefully i'm all clear of the infection um i mean it was very close to being fixed so um but apart from that everything's going well mate um uh wife and, and daughter are going well work's going well so got plenty to be happy about in life um that didn't mean it didn't knock me around a little bit during the week but how are you yeah, I'm going okay, mate. No, no infections in my leg uh, that I that I can see. Um, but no, I'm I'm going well. Um, uh, I had some like issues with my arthritis. I, I've got like a just a biological or what you call it um, hereditary hereditary form of arthritis from mum, um, and I had some issues with the medication, but that's all sorted now. Um, so my knees can move, which is good. Um, they were getting progressively shitter, but, um, look, they're good now and yeah, works. Okay. Um, mental health minuting. Um, I was struggling a little bit this afternoon just because I realized that I probably didn't write enough stuff down and I probably didn't address enough of the urgent things in my um in my work that I needed to um so they've just been hovering around my head all night um I'll actually I'm actually really looking forward to getting into work tomorrow even though it's just downstairs to my desk uh just to close out a few things mentally so that'll be nice um yeah no other than that I'm pretty good mate um how's your mental health yeah, look, it's it's been um, certainly um, was very nervous going into the wound inspection um, at the hospital. Um, obviously, knowing there was an issue, and I guess the worst case scenario is I, I was back on the operating table, um, and the best case scenario was I was all clear, and I kind of knew going in I probably wasn't going to get the all clear. So it was really where on the spectrum I was going to fall, um, and I got lucky that you know no more surgery, which is a big plus. Um, but that's I mean that's providing the next week works, um, which I'm pretty confident it will. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean look like it definitely um, you definitely your mental health can take a bit of a battering when you there's something you're not enjoying and dreading on the horizon, um, and you just kind of want to get it over and done with and. Um, and yeah, but I mean, look like I, 
know, quickly recenter and, you know, um, the kind of moment I got home and, you know, had been released from the hospital and, and back through the front door and see Ava's little face and smiling at me and, you know, happy to see me and everything. And, you know, kind of the world's all good again. So, you know, it is lucky to have those things that, that center you in life and, um, you know, encourage everyone to try and find that, you know, whatever that is, whether it's your, your dog, your, your podcasts, your, um, you know, sitting in the garden, meditating, whatever it is, you know, the things that bring you back to center and make everything better in your world um, to really focus and appreciate moments. I find that always works very well. Yeah, it's a good point as well, mate. It's something I've been thinking about since we probably started the the mental health minute and mental health moments um, where we just sort of take a little bit of time to reflect is that I actually find it hard that we can't communicate um, with the audience as much with this. Like we can talk about how we're sort of feeling and that's good. Um, but I'm going to try something. It might not be today. Um, I'll probably introduce it today and we can try it next week where um, we just sort of ask you and just give you a little bit of time and space to think. It doesn't have to be very long. But um, one of the things that I find is really valuable when I've got Sean is being able to listen to him sort of think about how I'm feeling, like actually take the time to think and think about what I would say to him and think about what I would say on this podcast. Um so potentially I'm going to do that next week where we just have like a, a 20 second pause um, after we've sort of talked about our mental health just to reflect even if you want to say it out loud or if you want to um, contact us in a direct message or if you want to reply to one of our tweets and just sort of say how you're sort of feeling and everything like that or you just keep it private and, and just sort of think to yourself how am I going, um, what what am I, what, what am I feeling inside and, and just sort of taking that just as I said that short moment to actually reflect on it might really help so We'll kick that off from next week. Um, so get excited to, to start thinking about your mental health if you're not already. Um, yeah. But I mean, we're going we're gonna to jump straight into the podcast now. So I mean, the, the meat of the podcast and um, we're going to a, to a meaty club um, in, the, in the mighty North Melbourne. Um, now they've, I mean, had a bit of a rough trot this year with, with injuries. Um, I've seen that they've had some I mean, just a long injury list at a lot of times and um, some of their best players ruled out for the season, which is a pretty common theme amongst teams that are sort of sliding towards the bottom is that they've just struggled to get their uh, senior players or their leaders on the park. But um, they, they're definitely a list in transition um, or they will be this year. Yeah, so North are really, really fascinating. And uh, I do know we've got a, a few North listeners out there. Um, and, and probably in the past, I've always been prob- very harsh on North and there's good reasons for, for that in my mind and they, they affect my biases on this. So in this episode, we'll probably divert over to John's opinion if I'm being a bit harsh. <laughs> um, but look, I think, um, I think it's fair to say that, you know, North have been horrendously hit by injuries this year but at the same time that hasn't changed that their list has probably been in transition for two or three years um regardless of results i think once they exited harvey and ferrito and these kind of guys it was probably the time to start focusing on that rebuild a bit more um and i felt like you know if you and i think we said it on the podcast if you're going to keep topping up then you know like why not hold on to Harvey for another year and that sort of thing. Um, 
and I guess it shows up in their list profile. So in their in their list profile, their average age is uh, 24 years and six months old, which lists them as the sixth oldest in the AFL. And again, like we explained in the last podcast, these um, these numbers might be a little bit out because they're from my original data at the start of the season. Um, but the, their ranking doesn't change. They're still the sixth oldest in the AFL. When you look at the median, um, they're still sixth as well. So it's 20, 24 um, and three months on for the median. Um, average games, uh, 67.9, which makes them the seventh most experienced. Um, and then when you look at the median player on their list, it's actually the third most experienced with 44. So I guess then going through their depth chart, key forwards, they've got five. General forwards, 11 with five mid forwards um, listed, uh, 10 midfielders, five rucks, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Um 11 general defenders with one that kind of crosses between defender mid, um, which I think is a position we're going to see a bit more of um, over the next few years. I think that's kind of the next utility evolution. Um, And then they've got four key defenders. So um, overall, the balance isn't too bad. I'd probably like to see one less ruck, maybe um, an extra midfielder or two. Um, But given that they've got a lot of utilities there, I think that's, that's probably okay, their midfield numbers there. Yeah, I, I generally like that breakup. Um, as you said, a lot of utilities, um, which is probably useful for a side in transition. Um, you want to have some utilities if you're a, if you're a, probably a contending side, but as you said, probably some more midfielders. Um, and five rucks surprises me as well. Um, I, to be honest, don't know enough about the bottom end of their rucks, but um, I would have thought Goldstein, uh, Zeri and Tom Campbell sort of rounded out their ruck department. Sorry, but, I've, I've made um, a mistake there, mate. It's four rucks. My apologies, everyone. Okay. I, I did okay. think that looked odd. It was four. That's so, fine. Yeah. Um, they're, well, they're, we've, they're, we've, they're, we forgive you. <laughs> their rucks are Tom Campbell, Charlie Combin, Todd Goldstein, Charlie Trist- Combin. Tristan Jerry. Yeah. Zeri, yeah, Zeri. so that, that that makes sense, and like, Common will probably end up being a, a ruck forward um, or or a full forward um, yeah. in, in my mind, rather than a rather than a ruck. But um, he's got the athleticism. Um, when you look at the key changes they made last year, they did stick relatively close to the draft, and also just clipping. Um, I guess the we've sort of said this for a while um it's just important to continually move on the the fringe uh and north had a bit of that last year so they delisted um Provat, uh todd mckenzie red uh red odd is it red og murphy reg og red yeah yeah he he, he retired he retired um <laughs> scott thompson retired um sam wright retired tom wilkinson delisted and uh, Declan Watson delisted, so that that was a that was a relatively good clean out. They they also um, made some trades, so they traded a future third round pick for Aiden Bonner and a future fourth. They traded pick eight, which is probably the biggest trade, one of the biggest trades at the time of the trade period for Melbourne's future first round pick, pick twenty six and pick fifty. Um, at the time of the draft, we were pretty emphatic that this was a great trade for North Melbourne, um, although uh, on draft night and it was lead up Melbourne moved on that pick themselves and, and got some more um, back in return so that they, they did pretty well out of it as well um, and at the draft they took Charlie Combin, Jack Marnie and Flynn Perez which I think were relatively yeah relatively good selections 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Combin, you know, you and I both rated Combin quite highly. Um, so that's definitely a, a long-term pick for them. So that's a, you know, a future developing key forward slash ruck um, there. Uh, Jack Marnie, one of my favourite uh, players from last year. Um, so he's and he's already demonstrating his quality there. So um, and I'm really interested to see how Flynn Perez goes. I guess he was pretty injured um, last year. So. Um, yeah, the the read on him was a little bit harder. Um, I, I still think he's he's definitely got talent and it and it has potential to be a very good pick and a, and a value pick because I think on talent from memory I think I had him a little higher, but just those injury concerns and yeah, yeah, it was it was an interesting one as well because uh, Elijah Taylor was on the board, went the following pick. Um, so and Elijah Taylor's obviously played a few games. He's been in the media recently for um the wrong reasons but like he was also a really good talent so it's interesting to see that they do go with Perez um I guess looking at uh do you want to do you want to reflect on that trade as well I mean you're a Melbourne supporter how are you sort of feeling about it yeah so I mean it's funny the the pick eight trade and and it's come up today uh on on Twitter um shout out to Mark McGowan uh we had a little little back and forth about it um I think the trade, look, when you look at it and evaluate it, it, it looks, it, it, it's a loss for Melbourne. Um, North certainly did very well out of that that trade. Um, a future first pick from Melbourne, um, pick 26 being a second rounder and pick 50, which actually ended up helping them secure Perez, I believe, um, when we went yeah, through all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they gave up pick eight and, you know, Melbourne then flipped pick eight into pick 10 before it got shuffled back with a few academy bids and um, picked the, I think, pick 28 at the time, which ended up being Trent Rivers at 32. So the pick after Charlie Combin. Um, and I guess what I was pondering, though, today um, was given North season um, that they've had, is the value of pick eight to them now greater um, so that that would have been potentially one of um, Caleb Sarong, Sam Flanders, or Kazai Pickett, who are the the I think Caleb Sarong was pick eight, um, Sam Flanders was pick eleven, um, picks nine and ten were academy selections, um, and pick yep. 12, 12 was Kazai Pickett. So the next three live players. So one of those three players, um, if they had have been selected by North, um, would they? Would it have been more beneficial to have those players rather than wait the year um, and Melbourne's future first, which potentially could be anywhere from, say, we're sitting... 18th, 19th? No, no, we're not going flag, mate. Um, But, you know, it could be, be, you know, low teens in, in, you know, about 13, 12 mark kind of thing. Um, And it could still drop down to, you know, um, eight or nine potentially. Um, I would hope it doesn't slip much lower. <laughs> um, so the yep. question there is, is the value... I mean, pick 26 ended up being Charlie Convin, I'm pretty sure. So the, the question really comes, you know, whatever they, whoever they take with this pick this year, let's say, argument's sake, it finishes where Melbourne's sitting at the moment, which is eighth, which would then put it in 13th, I think, once you account for the Gold Coast shuffle pick. Um, yep. So pick 13 or 12 or whatever it is, um, plus Charlie Combin and 
pick 50 being used to get Flynn Perez. The question is, is that greater than the value of, of a Sam Flanders or a Caleb Sarong to them last year? And, you know, I think on balance, it's probably going to work out in North's favour because, as we've always said, three is better than one. Yeah, three picks is good. Um, but I'm just thinking more, given North's season and where their list is at, would they have been better off taking that selection? I'm not sure there's a clear answer and I don't expect there to be, but it's just something to ponder um, and reflect yeah. on. Yeah, I always think those reflection are interesting. I think also the reason why you make a trade is interesting. Like That, that was obviously a good trade for Melbourne as they needed, they well, they felt that they wanted to take two selections this year um, and probably had a player in mind that they thought would go around 8 to 15. Um, yeah, and that was Cozzy Pickett they were targeting. Yeah, that, that's Cozzy Pickett. Whereas if I was sitting back and looking at um, looking at Melbourne's not Melbourne North Melbourne's list and the draft last year, there was probably six players that I wanted: um, Matt Rowell, Anderson, Jackson, uh, Stevens, Hayden Young, maybe Lockie Ash. I would have been thinking that those would have been the targets, and I I reckon that North would have been saying to themselves, "We're probably not going to get any of them. Um, we're not going to get to get Tom Green." Uh, and I don't know, like, maybe they didn't rate Sarong, Fisher, Flanders the same as you would have rated those other top guys um, and, and, and thought to themselves, look, we're just as happy to take um, a pick in the 20s as we are to take a pick in the teens. And we don't, we don't think eight's much better than that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll happily take a, a future pick next year. And it, these are always trades that are reviewed and reviewed and reviewed. Ultimately, if you're in North Melbourne's position, you always take that trade, regardless of the result, um, because you make enough good decisions and the right things happen. Um, and, and that's a decision that I guess if you're in the position that North was in, which was rebuilding, um, you always make those trades. Yeah, yeah. So they got value for sure, and they did make a few um, good moves on draft night as well. We we worked. It took us a while, but we worked out before they effectively turned two third round picks into an extra second round this year. So that was that was a fairly good trade um, getting higher up the order um, this yep. year. So um, key players now, uh, Goldie, um, Sean Higgins, Robbie Tarrant, Ben Cunnington and Ben Brown uh, for the future. Simpkins, uh, sorry, Simpkin, um, uh, Tarrant Thomas, Nick Larkey, Cam Zerha, and Luke Davies Uniac. So um, you read through that, and they've got a fairly decent midfield um, in Simkin Thomas and Davies Uniac, and um, Larkey and Zerha are up forward. Um, I think it's interesting yeah. with Zerha. He, I probably haven't watched him close enough until this season, um, but he really looks like he's got the scope to be a dominant um uh, a dominant forward who runs through the mid a bit like yeah Petra- a bit like what Petraka does for melbourne probably, probably what stringer does for essendon like yeah you know, I, I i don't think he has the upside of Petraka, but I, I think that he has the upside of stringer yeah fair cool um yeah i mean i look at stringer being that burst midfielder as well so um i've got yeah that 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 style that real yep. powerful style um but he just, he, I mean, watching him, he frustrates me. I can't imagine what it's been like for being a North supporter. There are times where he looks like he's going to rip the game apart and win it off his own back, and he almost did the other day. Um, but then, you know, he lines up for a 30-metre 
you know, 35 degree shot and he aims it at the left post and it drifts in for a point. Like, you know, like you, you sit there and you're like, come on, just finish all that hard work. Like you do all this amazing stuff and then you don't finish. And then he drills the one after the sire. And then, you know, I think he, he's, he's one that I think definitely we'll, we'll be talking about a lot in a few years time. So he's, he's certainly yeah. a very good player. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he sort of, look, he didn't come from um, the top of the draft. He came from the rookie draft. So um, it typically means that they're a little bit further back in terms of development. So at 22, um, 90 kilos and 189 centimeters, I'd say that he's probably got still one or two years to, to really start bringing that talent together. Um and I think North, as far as the key players go, you could probably make an argument to say that Simpkins pushed himself into that key players now. I, I, I'm sort of saying that Taron and Ben Brown, um, Goldstein, are sort of like key pillars of that side for probably the last how five years. Um, yeah. Sean Higgins is clearly their best midfielder, and, and Cunnington's been injured all year, but again, clearly their best midfielder. If you if you if you take those five as their best players. They're actually, I think, the only side that I've analysed or we've analysed where they've had none of their future players um, being in their current players. And I think that's just because of North's skew. North's skew is very heavily towards this old firm that have been delivering for a long period of time while they've been secretly developing all these really strong players like Larky, like Zerha. Davies Uniac coming back from injuries could have been in there potentially if not for those and, and Simkin as you said has stepped up this year so I actually really like the way that North's forming yeah I think like I'm just looking at their list now and I think looking at their list um, probably the the transition that we're we're looking to see from them is is that you know um, you know Sean Higgins is the oldest player on their list for example so you know maybe he I think he's got is he two years on his contract? It's one or two, I can't remember. Yeah, so he's one I think or... he's got one more year, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he'll be 33 by the... Or, yeah, he'll be 33 by the time next year rolls around. Um, and, you know, it'd be... It'd be good to see them be able to shift him more onto the outside. And I know they're kind of trialling that at the moment um, and giving more young guys some run in the middle. Um and I hope they continue that. Um, but for that to happen, they need guys like Jed Anderson, who's 26, to really pick up and, and come on. Um, you know, they've got, yeah, they've got Bonnar, who needs to, who's, who's you know, yeah, he's only 21, 22, but he needs to also, you know, start to show that development sign that you're looking for. Um, yeah. You know, LDU looked amazing on the weekend. Um, you know, coming back from his groin issue, he's just... He's looked really good. They've got, you know, a bit of a gem in Curtis Taylor who's really coming on really well. So, you know, they've got some really nice young kids. Um, but there is a little bit of a gap there, like, um, you know, kind of around that 24 age mark, um, you know, where they've got... Yeah, it, there was the there was the lost the lost years. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a couple of players on the list today that um, that were from those that time um, that probably I think need to go. Um, but they yep. took a lot of second round draft picks probably four to six years ago and not many of them worked out into good players um, or to players that are going to really make a difference to the side going forward. So yep. um, that, that that's where the gap is. I, I, to be honest, I think that um, 
uh, Jed Anderson's like been exceptional this year. Um, I, I think that yeah, he's yeah. It, he's probably like Simkin. Like he's just an o- older Simkin. This has been the year. Like he's been good for a while, but this is the year where I've thought, okay, then I can see that you are the future of this midfield uh, at least for the next four to five years. Um, it's just a matter of when. So when, when we look at their best twenty-two, I'm going off the the best twenty-two when they're fit. Um, and I think Ben McKay's really stepped up this year and proven himself. So I've gone Ben McKay, uh, Robbie Tarrant, Luke McDonald, who's also stepped up. Um, in terms yeah, he's of been fantastic numbers. the last uh, five roles, um, five weeks. Yep. Um, Atley, uh, Josh Walker, and Marley Williams, Taron Thomas, Ben Cunnington, Jared Pollock, uh, Cam Zerha. Uh, Larky, Higgins, Zebel um, in the forward pocket, Brown uh, at, center, at full forward, and Curtis Taylor in the other forward pocket with Goldstein, Dumont, and Simpkin um, in the middle. Jed Anderson, Davies Uniac, McMillan, and Bailey Scott um, on the bench. Now, there's a couple of players there that, you know, I, I think that you can change out um, a few of them for each other. I think that's one of the hard things about North Melbourne is that there are other servants like uh, um, McMillan, who I've got on the bench, who might be in Marley Williams' spot, and maybe Marley Williams isn't in the team. But um, And I think Jasper Pittard I didn't have in there. But, you know, for me, Jasper Pittard is Marley Williams. Um, they're, they're, they've got a lot of that type. Um, yeah. Same as those guys are also Atley. Um, I, I think that they probably need to start structuring around having only a few of them um, in the team and, and sort of potentially investing in some other draft picks or, or younger player types. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of funny. We put, you've put, well, we've both put Davies Uniac on the bench, but, you know, Dumont, Simkin, Davies Uniac, and then, you know, Cunnington isn't playing at the moment. So you're kind of seeing that, that trio in the middle at the moment and on the weekend, it looked pretty good. Um, DeMont really impressed me on the weekend as well. So, um, yeah, you, you kind mean, of, think... you know, Cunnington is definitely um, their best midfielder. So, um, and Higgins is probably uh, close second there. Um, but the, I guess, moving forward, they want to probably see, um, they want to see more of their young kids. So, like, yeah, like you said, like Anderson and, and Davies Uniac. Uh, well, yeah. I think that's what... Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to jump in there quickly because I think you're covering off something. We always do the good, the bad, the ugly. And one of the points we've got there is that just the variety of young types they have in that midfield already. So the players you talked about there being Simkin, Davies, Uniac, um, Dumont, uh, Taron Thomas, Zerha. That's like a really diverse midfield, um, especially yeah. like a diverse structured midfield for growing. They've got talls, they've got smaller types, they've got agile players, they've got bulls. They've got a they've got a really good core um, to start building this list around. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the same. Even the even the the talls, like they've got um, McKay, Larky, Sherry, um, Combin. Hopefully, you know they've got a few nice talls. Uh, probably need another key defender. Is probably you know um, something they need to probably look at addressing. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, probably the thing that stands out when you look through their list is, I guess, more the the positional support type players. So you you know they've got Curtis Taylor, who's a, who's a good kind of forward flank, uh, deep forward, you know, utility up forward. Um, but you'd like to see maybe another similar type to him or. 
um, or, you know, even down back, as you said, you know, Williams, Atley, McMillan, um, you know, kind of all plug and play. They just don't have it's that hard. explosive. Yeah, they're all, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Williams has been hurt by injuries. They just don't have anyone who's that real explosive. And I guess they brought Polek in to be that, but he's running on a wing when he hasn't been dropped um, and and all that. So you'd like to see them probably look at speed um, off the flanks. Um, so, you know, looking even at last year and thinking about that pick eight, obviously Hayden Young, not lightning quick, but quick enough. Um, would have been ideal for them, but, you know, or, or Lockie Ash, as you said. Um, yeah. And potentially, you know... Well, Pickett, I mean, you, you look at that You look at that team and you put Pickett in a forward pocket, he'd start um, start as a forward pocket as well. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a position that they need. Um, but I, I guess that probably what they thought was, you know... When we when we if we don't if we don't necessarily highly rate um the the range of eight to twelve depending on draft matching and things like that um, and we think that we'll get roughly the same thing next year then let's just send it to next year and take the bonus picks so yeah and and that's the thing they do have multiple first round picks this year which is another good thing so so you know their recruiting team's got a lot to work with and. I really think that there's a lot of opportunity for them this year. Um, certainly, to to um, to get two or three high quality talents into the team um, and start developing them, and and when you match them with that core that we talked about, so if you can get another, if you can get another good young defender or another good young key forward, or um, even those slightly positional type players or small forwards and stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential there for them to, you know, this this dip for them um, is is only one or two years, and they can be yeah. up up the other side very quickly. So moving on to the bad mate, um, obviously injuries are a pretty um, pretty bad thing for them this year. It's probably hurt them a lot. Um, yeah, how, so think, seeing that they had. Yeah, six indefinite was the was the one that killed me. Like the six indefinite slash season type injuries, um, it, it it adds up and makes it really hard for you to compete, especially in a year with so much change. Um, like everyone in the AFL is adapting a lot, but having six long term injuries, I think I counted uh, fifteen or sixteen injuries. I'm reading the injury list that was released today. Um, or updated yesterday for North. So they've got a lot of people on the injury list and that doesn't help you in any year. Um, Hopefully a lot of them um, are just going to be short-term things that can be turned around. But there are some players that, you know, I've seen on the injury list for a long time, unfortunately. Um, Taylor Garner, uh, Kyron Hayden, I know he's a test because he was managed. But look, Taylor Garner um, has been on the injury list for a couple of years now. Kane Turner is the same. Um, He comes in for a few weeks and does an injury. Um, So it's been a, I don't know, there's going to have to be some decisions made there, which might be a bit hard, but they they do need to start working out a way to manage that. It's it's just a a shit year for that. I mean, another one of the bad things, this is probably the hardest thing, is just, or the harder thing for the bad, is just that they have an aging core. And we talked about this before, but Tarrant, Goldie, and Sean Higgins in their 30s, Zeeble, 29, Cunnington, 28, Ben Brown, 28, in three months' time, Polek, 28, in two months' time, Atley, 28, in a month's time, McMillan, 29, in a month's time, Pittard, 29. Like these, these guys at the start of next year are all going to be 28, 29, 30, um, which is fine if you're. Um, 
like a finals caliber team. Um, and if you're really pushing up and, and everything and you think you're going to be winning this year, that's great. Um, but it's probably a bit of an issue when you're, when you're second bottom. And I know that they've had injuries, but the, I guess it's just not really the list balance you want for a team that's developing. Yeah, and I mean, you're looking at this list and you're talking a lot of their better players, as we've spoken about, and, and you've really got to work through that list and look at who the replacements are. So, you know, we've identified the midfield's pretty good. Um, I would say the back line, you know, Tarrant ha- is supporting Ben McKay. They're probably one short there. Um, ben Brown is kind of, you know, Brown and Larky are their two key forwards and then... You know, Ben Brown, potentially three or four more years left. Um, uh, you know, who's the next one there? Mason Wood probably isn't the answer. So, you know, uh, you've got to start to look there. Polek, again, we spoke about speed. They've got to look for some more speed. Atley and McMillan, I think they can find halfback flankers to fill those roles. But, I mean, Atley's a beautiful disposal. So, you've got to make sure you've got high-quality kicking there. Um so, so you kind of look through and you go, you know, they've got a couple of them covered, but they probably need to start ticking off a few more um, of these type of guys' positions to ensure. And probably the biggest one in there is goalie to me. Like um, getting a good ne- next ruck is important. And, you know, looking at the ages of their their rucks, um, you know, I kind of think that, you know, Jerry's only 21. Um, you've got Tom Campbell probably won't be around um and then charlie Collins, yeah charlie Collins yeah, only 19 so you know it's it they've got no one in that nice ruck bracket of like 23 24 25 26 yeah look and if goldie's got two years um i don't know if he does he might, i think he might have one but if he's got two years in him um then that might be enough for jerry um yep. to, to get him up to speed and he looks like he looks an okay prospect but that, that's sort of where we're at with that. Um, the other thing that I had, which was the bad, not necessarily the ugly, was that they traded out their future second round pick um, just at a time where you need to start keeping picks. And it was sort of for the same, I mean, the same but the opposite reason as they made the Melbourne trade. So they traded um, their future second round pick, pick 50, pick 73 for pick 30, um, which allowed them to take an extra second round pick this year. But, I mean, they're... they're their second round pick will probably would have been sitting somewhere around twenty, um, in this year. So it ends up being pick twenty, pick fifty, and pick seventy three for pick thirty. Which, if you're not in the playing a short term game, you think that's just way overpaid. And yeah. uh, like, I think it was probably an unnecessary trade. It means that they ended up getting one more pick this year, which they probably did need more picks, but. Still, for me, for me, you just like if you're at this early stage, you just play in the long game, um, and, and you you keep all of your early picks. Yeah, I think look, looking at it in isolation is it's looking like looking at the Melbourne trade in isolation. You'd say it's a win for North and a loss for Melbourne, but then yeah. Melbourne went and did something with it, and then it ended up balanced for Melbourne, but still a win for for North, and and that trade out of the future second was uh, they they used it to to generate another pick as well, which was great. So when yeah. you balance out that whole entire trade, you actually go, well, it wasn't too bad. Like they've actually broken yeah. even on it, um, maybe even slightly ahead yeah. if everything works out. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. But, um, but it, 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 it's still a poor... That, that particular trade is still poor. The same way I'd say the Melbourne trade was poor for Melbourne. Yeah, it's... And the reason that this one's poor is because it was an opportunity that arose on draft night that enabled North to make that trade to recover it. So that, like, they might have planned it and talked about it. If this happens, then do this and everything. But it's still up to chance, whereas this is just a... I mean, on paper, it's not a great trade. Um, as you said, it worked out in the end. That's probably the most important thing, but they're not things that they should get in the habit of making. Okay. Um, and when we're moving to the ugly... Um, I mean, I think that we just think that uh, there's just too many players that are all older types of players that are not adding value or have not been adding value for a long time. And that's been probably the biggest issue for me is that guys like uh, Jacobs, uh, Wood, and Dorr, um, Dorr's 29. So he's a, he's in the twilight of his career and has not really added much value um, to the list across all the years but he's been there for a long time taking up a spot and taking up development time Jacob's the same Jacob's had a really good year as a tagger but he's injury prone um, and he's 28 now um, Wood is 27 in a month's time that that sort of shocked me because I sort of keeps thinking that Wood is like a 23 year old that's about to get it all together and work but he's 27 now um, if it's if it's not gonna have worked for him then it maybe it's never gonna work for him um and you've got other guys that they sort of brought in like campbell and hall who are also just filling a list but again for me it's not a time where i think you, you need 28 29 year old list fillers um uh, maybe maybe go try to find the ben key type um or a crocker type where you've got like a 22 year old list filler um because mate, if they work out, you've found somebody for the next seven or eight years. If these guys work out, you're going to have a year before they're ready to retire. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I guess and this feeds into my kind of point here with the ugly is, you know, um, they kind of outwardly said finals were the aim this year. And I think maybe with a fit list, potentially they could have scraped in the eight. Um, but it, it's still, you know, I still think there was a degree of overrating in their list um, last year. I think I think they probably thought that they were a, with such a good young little core that they've got. I, I like, and I guess that's the thing. Like they do have like high quality young players, so they've probably looked and gone, "Well, we've got these high quality young players, and you know we've got a lot of good older talent there as well." Um, so they probably didn't want to turn over their list too much to have a crack at finals. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the part where you've got to step back as a, as a list management team and, you know, really evaluate and, and have that no BS assessment of where your list is um, and, and everything. And, you know, I, I, I said it there, like, you know, without injuries, I think they you know, potentially could have nudged finals. I don't think they would go deep. Um, and maybe that's the thing, like, you know, if you're not going to go deep, like the, the ultimate goal for every footy team is to win a flag. Um, yeah. If you're scraping into fight, like if your list is, your list build is, is not top four worthy, um, you know, potentially there's some harsher calls you can make um, to move guys on when you've got the opportunity. Um, yeah. and, and those players that you mentioned, I mean, yeah, Jacobs is, is a bit frustrating for a lot of North fans because he did show such promise. Yeah. Um, 
but you know like you go you you look at some of their older players like you were saying and you know Dawes played 50 games and he's and he's 29 um you've got Tom Campbell with 44 and I know he's a backup um yeah but you know Ben Jacobs 90 at 28 um you know Josh Walker, who's probably been one of the, the best pickups of the year. He's he's listed at eighty six at the start of the season, um, and he's twenty seven. He'll be almost he'll be twenty eight yeah. next year. So, you know, he still doesn't have a high amount, but he's getting games now regularly. Mason Wood yeah. at you know twenty seven has got fifty seven games. Taylor Garner forty three at twenty. Um, yeah. So the what the, the, the ones that are the most frustrating for me, as you said, like as we sort of highlighted, Jacobs. Door and, and Wood, and they're because they've been on like, with the exception of Jacobs, I think might have come over when he was twenty. These guys have been on North's list only, like they've been they've been on North's list for eight years, um, an extended period of time on one list, and, and they haven't found a way to make it consistently into the best twenty-two, uh, and they keep promising things, but it's probably just time to start addressing that and, and sort of working out what you're going to be doing in the future because <laughs> it's it's fine it's fine to bring in people to. Um, players to come in and fill a hole while you're backfilling that hole. So Josh Walker, 27, bring him in for three to four years to play that backline role as you rebuild your backline because Tarrant's moving yep. on, Scott Thompson moved on. Yeah, that's a great that's a great kind of move to do. You can play that as an interim role, but these guys aren't the ones. Dor, Jacob, and Wood aren't the ones to do that. They, they've had their chance to be a part of North Melbourne at their best. I mean, four years ago, when North Melbourne were competing and in finals, these guys were 25, uh, 24, and 23. They were right in the window, and they weren't adding enough value then either. Um, and it's just it's just time to make a call on them, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, like, even at that age, when they're coming through and you're in finals, you're expecting them to come on. So, look, yeah. I, I think um, I think this year they've got probably the most amount of off contract. So, this is oh, – yeah. we're going to have to keep this pretty quick, mate. So, I'll read names and you, you give your acts uh, or, or contracts. Um, you ready? Yes. Um, and, again, we say this contract list may not be accurate because there are things in people's – contracts that may extend their contracts as well but Aiden Bonner first um what are we doing I'd give him two years just to work out whether he's anything other than just an athlete okay cool I agree uh Bailey Scott (coughs) sorry mate you answer that one uh yeah look we're re-signing him a couple of years um I definitely think he's a talent worth keeping Ben Brown Um, do we want to come back to Ben Brown I think we do um, sure. So we'll move on to Ben Jacobs. Um, what are you doing, mate? Um, I- I'm delisting him. Um, I've got. <clears throat> Excuse the voice. I-, I choked pretty heavily just then. Um, I've got this mark on a couple of players. Um, delist slash rookie. And if there are players like Ben Jacobs that you want to retain on your list because you want experience and you think that they are just about there and they're injured, just move them to the rookie list. You have to delist them give yourself the draft picks that you need to be able to go and pick right players at the draft and then re-rookie them if you get the opportunity. But don't I wouldn't make any promises there. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think he's off the main list is probably a fair comment. Um, <clears throat> Curtis Taylor. Three years for me. Um, yeah, no just enough to, enough, yeah, enough to let his talent flourish. Um, Ed Vickers-Willis. He's a D-list for me. Yeah, cool. he's one of those players, six years on the list. Yep, uh, Jamie McMillan. 
Um, is an unrestricted free agent. I'd give him a, a year contract or let him walk if uh, if a club sort of in the window wanted him for a couple of years. Cool. Uh, I'm happy with that. So Jasper Pittard. I'd give him one year. I think he's been okay. Um, and he's young enough. Like he's maybe 29. So you got maybe two years in him, but I'd give him a one-year deal. All right. Jed Anderson. Two years for me, just his body. Um, I, I wouldn't go longer just because his body's failed him before. So two years is safe. Yep, yep, you can put triggers in there if you want to give him a third. Um, yeah, exactly. Joel Crocker. He's a D-list for me, yeah. Yep. He, he has, hasn't shown enough. Josh Walker. Uh, two years. Um, is it going to be? He's going to be a good backline um, keeper for them for the next couple of seasons just to hold down the fort. Yep, no problems there. Kane Turner. He's a D-list. He's, again, seven years on the list. Um, I know that's a lot of investment. Uh, so it is hard to let go of these types of players who have shown, you know, shin bonus spirit and all of the things that you want in a North Melbourne player. But he's been on the list for seven years, uh, times ago. Yeah. Uh, Kyron Hayden. I've liked him this year. Um, he's a bit injured, but I'd give him two years. Um, I actually like him as a um, as the next Ben Jacobs because he's got the athletic ability and want to sort of follow up the ball. Uh, to play that sort of tagging role for a less skillful player. So I like that. Yep. Um, Lockie Hosey. Give him a year. Work out whether he's got enough to stay on the list. Cool. Magic Door. Um, I would delist or let him walk as a free agent. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he belongs on the North Melbourne list anymore. Cool. Marley Williams. Two years. Um, feel the spot. <laughs> Cool. They need, they need <laughs> yeah, people um, to fill the spots. Yeah, there's so many players that need people to fill spots. Yeah, Mason Wood. Uh, D-lists. Uh, he's a restricted free agent anyway, so he might walk. Um, but yeah. I would D-list him. Uh, Matt McGuinness. Um, One-year contract, if you think he's going to come on. Um, I haven't seen him enough, and it's been harder this year for first-year players to come into the list and make a difference. So maybe give him a year, but otherwise D-list. Paul Hearn. D-list or trade. North Melbourne do not want him uh, for one reason or another. They'll know a lot more about um, Paul Hearn than we will. But um, he was starting to remind me a little bit, I think I mentioned this guy's name on the weekends, um, of Billy Hartung, where to the outside, whenever we watch him play, we think, yeah, this guy's got what it takes. He's doing okay. And then he gets delisted um, or dropped. So Paul Lahern has that written all over me. I don't know why he's not playing. So if you're not going to play him, delist him or trade him. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, if he's got any trade value, it won't be a lot um, given he's not playing. No. Um, but I would, I would. I would help him continue his career elsewhere if he's not going to, if it's not going to be with you guys. So, Ad, like, look, you know what? Adelaide might might want to play like that. Um, he's he's young enough. Um, they need some mids. They might want to try him for a season. Yep. Um, we're going to disagree on this next one. Sam Durden. D-list and re-rookie if he's available. Uh, I'm giving him one year because I'm expecting... Oh, actually, no. Robbie Tarrant's contracted, so he's going to go on. Yeah. You're... Yeah, rookie list. Yes. Yeah, I, I think D-listing is the right first step um, with a, with a promise to re-rookie him if there's enough spots. Um, he's been on the list for six years and hasn't cracked in. He's, he's been playing a little bit more recently, and I think they're doing that to find out. Um, if yeah, he, if he's got. Oh, look, as a junior, I actually didn't. I, I rated him quite a lot. I thought he, you know, he would come yeah. on quite well. 
I think it's yeah. the it's the hardest thing for us is that um when we watch them as juniors, you do you do rate them and they they're fine at juniors. There's just sixty percent of players or not sixty percent, maybe only sixty percent of players make it and forty percent of those top players that we sort of look at and go, Oh, this kid's got it, they don't make it. And that's yeah, because yeah. not everyone makes it. It's an imperfect system ranking people at eighteen. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I just think, yeah, like he given the depth in their key backs isn't great, um, he might be worth a re-rookie spot. And given Tarrant's contracted for another year or something, I, I would keep, I would, yeah, D-list and re-rookie, I agree with you. Sorry, I, yeah. I, I completely forgot that I thought Tarrant was on this list for some reason um, and thought he might be a retire, but no, that's all yeah. right. Um, Taylor Garner? Uh, I reckon a year, and I'm never sure with Taylor Garner because he's very injury prone as well. So he could be one of these players I'm talking about. He's only played 43 games and he's almost 27 years old. Um, but he's got ta- he's got talent, um, and uh, they'll know better than us whether his injuries are almost behind him. Uh, but I, I actually like Taylor Garner as a player. Yep, uh, Tom Murphy. Uh, D-list. He's had a couple of years on the list and hasn't cracked it. Uh, Tristan Jerry? Uh, two to three years. Just give him a chance to continue to build. Big guys take time. Yep. Uh, and Will Walker? Uh, one year or D-list. Um, just have to make a decision one way or like, Well, one year is not really a decision. One year is a uh, maybe. Um, but I, I think that he's probably probably a D-list um, I haven't loved what I've seen of him in the games that he's played so far this year but as I said the people that are in the club not, are, are closer um, they'll know whether he's still almost there and needs an extra year contract yep okay and now back to big bad Ben Brown alrighty this one's going to be interesting so he's he's 28 I think we said um, just let me double check that don't want to get this wrong so he's yeah he'll be 28 this year, yeah. um, and he obviously is a is a goal kicking key forward which don't grow on trees. Um, having kicked what's he kicked? Uh, I can't even see it here. Um, that's all right. Um, well, so he kicked a bag, goals. lots of goals, <laughs> eats them for breakfast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's a non free agent, so seven years of service, so he hasn't ticked over for. For restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent, um, so he has to be traded if he's going to go out. Um, he sounds part like from what's been reported, he wants a four-year deal. Um, North haven't quite got there. Obviously, he's had the form issues and is now gone down injured. Given where North Melbourne's list is at, um, knowing what's still to come back from injury, what do you do with Ben Brown if you're in the hot seat, I would want to give him two years, um, just because um, phase of list, age of player, all that kind of stuff that takes him through to thirty. Uh, but look, he's been a very good player for a very long time, so three three years plus a trigger might be fair. I'd probably want to trade him, um, and look. North Melbourne fans are probably sick of hearing this because, you know, every year there's rumours of uh, North should trade Ben Brown, North should trade Ben Brown. I agree. That is so annoying. Um, so I don't like being that. But there's a bit of an inflection point here. Um, the list is turning. 
there will be some movements. Their players are aging, so we're expecting to see some movement in the next couple of years as well. Uh, Larky has stepped up quick. Uh, Jerry could play. Um, he, he could play 20, 22 games as a, as a ruck forward, just sitting in the full forward line um, and developing. And Ben Brown's not going to be there for the next flag, and he has trade value. So for me, I would just give him the option of exploring his options, um, as in that their preference should be for a two-year deal um, on, on good money to, to retain him. But um, I would explore with a... Bless you, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. I would, exp- I would explore with the likes of a team that is crying out for a dominant forward and is potentially almost there. So Western Bulldogs, um, Collingwood... Uh, there are a couple of teams that are I think even Melbourne but there are a couple of teams that are almost there um, and and could really use a good full forward Sorry, bless that. you mate I reckon you need to learn how to put yourself on mute and, and I, save I don't know where my mute button is because uh, oh it's on the other yeah okay I found it sorry guys <laughs> I found the mute button in the future I'll mute myself um, I apologize yeah. I actually think I might be able to mute Sean, so this could be dangerous. I won't do it now, but um, <laughs> if he's rambling on, I might have to start kicking him. Where, where, where do you sit on Ben Brown? Um, look, I'm resigning. I think three-plus three, three plus one is fine. Like, if he wants four years, I, I would say, look, you know, you'll be the end of three years, you're 31. Um, understand they want the financial security, but I, I would offer him a three-plus one with, a, with maybe a, a, a moderately moderate to low trigger for the extra year so you know it's not onerous it's not silly um it, it gives him a realistic goal even if he gets injured um to hit the trigger and get that security um but i would be aiming to keep him i understand the trade value but um and you know i'm quite big on this john uh guys who kick a couple of goals a game aren't they don't grow on trees um and i think ben brown in form is good for North Melbourne and yes it's good for North Melbourne as a young developing team um and it's good for a guy like Nick Larkey um, yeah and it's good good for who I think that they should draft there's a, there's a there's a lot of good there yeah yeah absolutely and that and that's what I mean so I think um like I think back to uh, you know um you know the amount of key forwards that that kind of get set up for failure <laughs> Um, you know, there's no protection or anything. And you have a look at, you know, um, you go back to Gold Coast and, and even, you know, whether it be Jeremy Cramman or Tom Lynch, you know, their first few years, it, they were difficult years because they had no one to protect them. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I know Ben Brown takes up a whole forward line and has his big run and all that stuff. But, you know, as a, as a developing key, potentially like you know i mean like he's developed probably past what we call a developing key he's now into a a key forward who is now trying to stake his claim uh he's kind of moved on from developing but potentially we're talking you know who you're talking about in the draft this year as a developing key forward you know having a guy like ben brown take your um take the the number one defender and nick larky take the number two and then you're left with number three you know, it allows you to develop and develop with good confidence, which is what, what happened yeah. with, you know, a guy like Jack Gunston, for example, you know, was always getting the third forward who he's better than, even from a young age. So, 
you know. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. I it, mean, it's it's what, it's what um, the Saints have been doing with Max King uh, by having yeah. Paddy Ryder and stuff like that in the side. It does help him just with the sheer amount of tools. It makes him harder to defend. So, well, yeah, like that's it. Like when you're lining up, you've got um, Paddy Ryder at two meters tall and Max King at two meters tall. You know, who are you going to put your number one defender on? Well, if you put him on Max King, um, you know, yeah, he's going to beat Max King, but I reckon Paddy Ryder's going to kick three or four that day. Yeah, Paddy Ryder's still stronger. Um, yeah. So he's, he's possibly more of a menace for a shorter type of defender, whereas they probably think a more athletic, shorter defender could play on Max King at the moment. Exactly. Maybe not for very long, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Just before we move into the um, draft and trade section, I just wanted to have a quick word from our partners at Australian Football Coach, the Aussie Rules video game. If you haven't checked it out already, you should know that it is it can be found at australianfootballcoach.com or check it out on Steam. But it's a footy strategy game. Um, and if you love um, AFL, Aussie Rules, like we do, um, jump on, pick your list, build your situational tactics um, build the simulation, build your list, do everything, and coach your team to the flag. Probably not if you're um, Sean, but if you're if you're I don't know a good list manager, um, it's 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 definitely well worth your time. So um, get onto that. And before Sean um, responds, I'm going to jump straight into trade and draft. So what's missing? Um, what's missing is you beating me in Supercoach this year. So you know that's all right, mate. Uh, let's see about that. Let's do it a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> We've got. I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot missing. I, I've, I've said 21 to 25 year old role players um, because that's been a gap for them. Um, it's just from the missing years uh, and more high quality kids. So it's not really something that's missing, but it's something that they should address. Is just keep getting more high quality kids in for the next run at finals. Yep, uh, don't mind either of that. I think yeah, high quality is always good. Um, they've certainly got a great core to build around, and as you said, yeah, they, they want to get that that um, 21 to 25 bracket starting to fill with quality and then they can look to, to transition into a, a threat. Um, trade bait, well, we've discussed Ben Brown at length, so we won't really touch on him. Um, the other ones we're throwing up, given their age, is um, Goldstein and Higgins. Um, I think last year was probably the opportunity to trade both of these players with really good value. Um, like I think they probably could have netted a first for each. Um, yeah. This Possibly. year, uh, I think Goldie's still high value, um, and 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 not to diminish Sean Higgins, but he's thirty two this year, so uh, going on yeah. to thirty three. So I think his his uh, ultimate value at thirty three, if they traded him, um, is not what it could be. It, it, it's probably um, sliding into the second round, like well into the second round. Um, whereas Goldie... It's, yeah, similar to Ablett when he moved clubs back to Geelong. Like, you become, you, it's Ablett, but he's a th- it's 33-year-old Ablett. So you you got you to give that at a bit of a discount for just the amount of time they're going to play. I mean, when I think about both of those players, Goldie and Higgins, I still think that the retirement village that they're building down in Geelong... Um, would suit them well. Um, well, like that, yeah. I mean that that that's that's the natural club for them to go towards if they're trying to play for success. And, and look, Geelong are likely to have pick seventeen or around there because they've got West Coast and their own pick. So a late first round pick for a bundle of players that might help them win a grand final next year. And look, maybe you can um, get a kid that's that's not getting an opportunity in Geelong as well. Um, I think it's not the worst. Maybe like a um, constable or something like that. 
yeah yeah something like that would be would be a good idea um obviously put a lot on jerry's shoulders but um yeah i definitely think if if they can if they're firmly committed to this this transition then yeah there is value in goldstein and higgins um yeah you'd have to keep campbell or um go after the once north melbourne player braden pruce um (laughs) and bring and bring in like a a a number one ruck um if you were going to go down that route but i think it's worthwhile having a look at yep um and then um we've chucked in here jared polek um given that he's been dropped a few times um i think it's been put in the papers that you know he's on a good wicket so potentially you have to pay part of his wage to move him i don't think i'd move him personally because i don't think you have that player um i know we've yeah. put, put him on here kind of as more of a discussion point i think i, I probably would hold on to him um and look to get him to play the way we want, like you want him to play. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he's a good player, um, but he needs the system to work for him. And, and I guess that's the thing is, you know, obviously as this list transitions, like when you're free and open and, and attacking and, you know, you're, you're high scoring and you're going to make finals, um, Polex, your perfect player um, because he, he, you know, runs. Um, he's reasonably good disposal, and he and he um, takes the game on. Um, when the team isn't at that level, um, he becomes a bit of a liability, and I think that's why he's been dropped. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that for North, uh, look, I'd probably I probably wouldn't because you don't have anything like him. You don't have anyone with his outside run and speed. Well, that's why they went and got him in the first place because they didn't have anything like him. <laughs> yeah, and so you kind of... That's what I mean. Like, uh, Yes, he could be trade bait if you got the right offer, um, but I don't think I would be looking at it actively. Yep, no, that makes sense to me, mate. Um, current draft picks. So they have uh, pick two, which is their own, and about pick 12, which is Melbourne's. Um, they'll have pick 28, which is Essendon's having traded their own. Uh, they don't have a third round pick, but they have fifty seven and sixty six, which is Melbourne's fourth round pick. Yep. Um, trade and free agents. We've uh, obviously mentioned Bruce. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, we've chucked on Toby McLean and Zach Fisher being that twenty one to twenty five bracket. They both fit quite well. I think Zach Fisher would be an excellent option for them. I think he would really add something to their midfield. Um, yeah, I think both both of those guys who are um, guys that probably are midfielders playing um, in sides for, for some reason or another, they've got them playing in the forward line or on the half-forward line. I think both of those guys would move into starting centre-bounce rotations or um, on a wing for maybe Zach Fisher um, yep. if they were at a different club. Yep. Um, and then going back to Braden Pruce, um, I think at the time we said it didn't make sense to trade Proust to Melbourne, but that was more for Proust's sake. Um, and we, we did say at the time that doing that committed you to Goldie longer term. Um, and that's what happened, committed to Goldie longer term. Um, now we're at the point where, you know, the next number one ruck is is Jerry. Um, and the question is, you know, if he if you were to move Goldstein on or... If you even if you retain Goldstein, um, is Jerry ready or will he be ready at twenty three to take on that number one mantle, or will you find someone to take it on? Um, and that's where Braden Proust really comes in. Like I think he's 
you know, if you trade out Goldstein, then you go get Proust um, or you get someone like him. You know, there's there's not a lot of, you know, number twos around at the moment who are number one quality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think Peter Laddams is probably one, but they're playing him as a ruck forward. So um, you probably won't be able to pry him out. Um, and yeah. I don't Ka- Callum Coleman-Jones, not... maybe. Yeah, he's maybe a target just to bring onto the list because he's, what, probably 20, 21. Yeah, 20, um, yeah. And, and look, he could be something. Um, so those are the types of players that they should maybe be thinking of. Um, it, but that, that, that'll probably depends on whether they're going to play gold team for another 20. Yeah, and, and 20, remembering... 22 games times two, yeah. Yeah, and remembering that, that the need for a ruck is a competitive market at the moment. You know, Essendon need a ruck. Brisbane need a successor um, to Steph Martin, although Oscar McInerney is doing exceptionally well. Um, so, you know, there's a few clubs out there that could potentially be in the market for, for a sec- like, I guess, the backup rucks who are first-team quality. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's definitely going to be a market there. So they, they may not put may not go after it just simply because it might cost too much. And, that, and that's the key. If you're going to go bring one in, um, it can't cost too much. You need to protect those those high quality picks. So yeah, I had um I had one more, which was just a pick swap, um, which is trying to look at getting West Coast and the Cats first round picks, which are both help with the Cats, uh, for Melbourne's first round pick and Essendon's second round pick. So it's confusing because none of them are North Melbourne's picks, but North Melbourne hold two of those. So it ends up being based on current ladders, uh, pick. 16 and 17 for 12 and 28 um, with North holding 12 and 28. I think maybe the Cats would do it um, because they might want to pair up 12 um, and sort of the 11, um, that pick that they currently have mid-rounds. I think that's a good early spot for them. Um, It slightly favours North in terms of points by about um, 150 points. Um, so 2092 for 1945 on the DVI. Yeah. But I think that's the right spot of the draft for um, North Melbourne to get, to get too late, um, too late first round draft picks to go with the early one. And I think that sets them up well. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I don't mind either hand for them, you know, early pick plus 12 and 28, which is pretty much what the D's had last year. You can turn into something good. Um, and then equally, you know, having that early pick in a 16 and 17, you can turn into something good as well. So I think both hands are pretty good. I'd probably take the three first round picks, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's a that's a setup I really like. Yeah. One early and two late first round picks. Um, it's just well positioned. Um, um, all right, so let's that, let's that, get on. Yeah, go, go. Oh, go. they've got no NGAs. Um, and yeah. then so pick two. Um, what are you doing, mate? because you've got a pretty fair opinion on who you're drafting here. I, I have an opinion that they should be drafting a key position player here. Um, yeah. and, and I obviously think that the best key position player available is Riley Tilthorpe, um, who's a ruck forward. So he covers both the um, Goldstein problem, um, the age problem, and Ben Brown problem. Um, so you can lean into whichever his development suits best. And it, it pairs well with Charlie Combin coming in at the same time. So invest in a ruck coach and keep Goldie around on on as a, either a ruck coach or on the rookie list um, and, and help him to develop them. Um, same with Ben Brown. 
So I think that strategy works well. Um, and I also think Tilthorpe's got one of the biggest upsides in the pool. While you're in the early phase of a rebuild, bring in your key position players and give them four to five years, similar to what um, Carlton have done with Kerno and McKay. Um, and a couple of other clubs are doing that as well. Um, Gold Coast did that with Ben King and Lukosius before going to the draft to take mids. So it's I think it's the logical structure um, and if the, if Tilthorpe's gone by that stage then Granger Barras is the one for me um, fills that defensive key post at, at 195 centimetres and, and is going to develop into a weapon yep um, yep so no matter what I think they if Adelaide haven't bidded on Jamara they've got a bid on him um, no matter yep. what uh, I think it would be a travesty if Jamara was not bid on in the first two picks. Um, yeah, and I probably lean more to Granger Barras than to Tilthorpe for them on the presumption that they keep Ben Brown um, because I think that they need that one key defender. They're, they're, they're a key defender short. Um, I still agree with you. A key position player at this pick is is preferred. Um, if they don't like Granger Brass um, and Tilthorpe's gone, um, then I think uh, probably the next best key forward is Logan McDonald from WA, um, who's doing yep. quite well at the moment. So he might be another option. I'm not sure if it's a stretch at this pick or not. Um, if they're thinking uh, a midfielder, um, which I'm not sure why they would be given their midfield and the fact that there's the depth in the midfield is kind of where their next pick is anyway, um, they could look at Elijah Hollands um, as a potential. But... Um, I would probably think he would be after a keep after a couple of key position players for them there. So yeah, um, I, I think that's the way that they'll go. Yep, uh, pick twelve. Um, what are they looking for? <laughs> I I think pick twelve is when you start to go. Um, you start to go mid uh, middle stretch. So Reef McInnes would be the, the desired, but. Um, I mean, you, you, you like Reef McInnes, mate. Um, what what would you think about him going to North? Obviously, it's going to be hard to get him. Yeah, so Reef uh, probably will end up at Collingwood. Um, I think that him and LDU would form the Smash Brothers. Um, they would they would do a lot of damage. He's I guess he's a he's a big, strong uh, inside midfielder, um, and uh, like what is he 191 or something i think um so he's quite tall yeah um and he's big and strong um what i really actually didn't notice about ldu the other week is how quick he was uh he, yeah. he really he really can get his skates on out the front of packs and i think mckin like after seeing that i saw how mckinnis and him could work together um because mckinnis seems to be a bit more lateral rather than straight out the front um so that could work. Um, you know, the other thing is looking f- more for the outside run um, in their midfielders. If they, you know, if you can't get a big crashing body who's a lateral mover and a, like that real extractor and allow, you know, LDU, Simpkin and these guys to get on the outside, um, then they probably need to get outside to be fed to. So um, Tom Powell, Caleb Poulter, or Finlay McRae. Poulter's probably, he's more of an accumulator, um, but and he can play inside and out. Um, but, and it's probably a stretch at 12 for him at the moment. Um, but he, he's showing some nice signs at, at um, Woodville West Torrens as well. So, And we've spoken about Finlay McRae last week. Um, we, we certainly think there's a lot of upside with him um, uh, playing. You know, he, And again, he's a bit similar to Poulter. He can play inside and out. Um, 
but yeah, look, I think there's there's a few good options for them, um, and I guess kind of they need to if they can't get the ideal player. And look, Reef McInnes may not even be the ideal player for them. They may prefer just yeah. to go straight to the outside. Um, and if they want to just go straight for an outside midfielder, they've got a couple of options there. And maybe, maybe they're 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 reaching for them at this pick because maybe other people have them ranked 17, 18. Um, I think what Melbourne and the Dogs and stuff showed last year is that if there's a gap in your list and you need to fix it, um, it's not a stretch. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, they they pick two small forwards, and and I don't necessarily agree that small forwards go in the first round, but. Every performance Cosy Pickett does, you know, as my and he's a player that I wanted at Melbourne as well. Um, so you know, every 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 game he plays well and shows his talent, and the same with Cody Waitman. You know, every game they do well, they demonstrate that. You know, sometimes picking the right player for your list is more important than the best talent at that pick. I completely agree, mate. Um, final words from me uh, as we, as we wrap up the podcast now is probably just. I think I think North are it's a stay of the course. I I actually think that, that you're far enough down the path of like you actually have invested. I probably didn't think last year that you guys had invested enough in the draft, but looking at it this year um, with the development of some players, LDU coming back from injury, um, Simkin coming on. Taron Thomas, I know he's been injured most of the year, but we saw what he could do last year, seeing that you drafted another three to four players and a couple of them are playing games. I think there's enough there. It's just stay the path of moving players on slowly and continuing to attack the draft as high, as hard as possible you can. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. So stay the course. And um, I certainly think that the young core you've got, you can build around. Um, I think... When it comes to your older players, um, guys that are kind of, you know, over the age of, of 26 that um, are off contract and on your fringes, you need to be tough um, and make the hard calls now um, to help turn over that list um, and, and really support that young core with, with more high-end talent coming in behind it. So, um, yeah you know, definitely stay the course. And look, if there's an opportunity to pick up, like you, John mentioned, uh, Ben Keys before, um, you know, that that's, you know, we're talking Zach Fishers and Toby McLean's this year, potentially. Um, they probably won't be delisted. You might have to trade for them. But um, I certainly think those guys offer a lot of value to, to North. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, re-sign Ben Brown um, and, and um, make the most of, I guess, the, the hand that you've got this year um, and that's the most important thing because uh, I guess your stay at the bottom will be determined by how successful this year is this is the, the make or break year really um, yeah it's a tough year but look I trust the system uh, they've got enough draft picks to make it work yeah yeah and they've got they've got good people in their, their list department and um, yeah stay the course and, and you'll get through Look, that's all from us, guys. Thanks again for thanks again for listening. I hope you're enjoying the the list review series. And Sean, thanks again for joining me. Thanks, John. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, look forward to talking to Hawthorne next. Yeah, it should be fun. See you guys. Bye. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. No one anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.